On Wednesday, 15th of December, 2021, the iconic feminist author, activist and educator, Bell Hooks, sadly passed away. She was this incredible, radical, black American intellectual who wrote about race and class and gender, but some of her most renowned and groundbreaking work was about love. But to talk about love and the relationship between love and ending domination, whether we're talking about racism, homophobia, um, class elitism, because a lot of the book talks about greed and how... She was one of my favorite authors. And one of my favorite quotes by her was, there can be no love without justice. I heard of her passing across this side of the Atlantic when I was sitting in Bristol Crown Court for the landmark trial of the Colson Four, which I was reporting on. The four defendants were faced with charges of criminal damage for their involvement in the toppling of the statue of Edward Colston during a Black Lives Matter march back in June 2020. On the very same day as Bell Hooks died, Sage Willoughby, one of the defendants, took to the stand. In the course of his testimony, he would go on to say one of the most iconic quotes of the trial. The prosecution barrister had said to him, I put to you that the tearing down of the statue was an act of violence. And Sage Willoughby had said, no, this was an act of love for my fellow man. My name is Priyanka Raval, a Bristol-born and Bristol-based local reporter, and this podcast is called An Act of Love, brought to you by BCFM Radio in partnership with Resourcing Racial Justice. This story is a story we could start from multiple places, but let's start by going back to the other side of the Atlantic, to the 25th of May, 2020, in Minneapolis. Here's Rob Mitchell, a local artist, filmmaker, and member of Glad Colston's Gone campaign group. You can't remove the George Floyd uh, spectacle out of this situation. And of course, the whole George Floyd situation is only one, one of thousands and thousands of people who die and continue to die at the hands of the police under racist policing. George Floyd, George Floyd, George Floyd, George Floyd repeatedly told the officers that he could not breathe after an officer knelt on his neck. No justice, no peace. This is 400 years, 400 years we have been dealing with systemic racism. It has to be a systemic change and it has to be made immediately. It has to be made now. It sparked outrage globally. Black Lives Matter protests happened all over the world, including here in Bristol, where some 10,000 people gathered for the march on the 7th of June, 2020. A march which had a historic conclusion, which I'm sure you've heard about. I mean, it made headlines the world over. In another British city, this is Bristol, a statue of a 17th century slave owner was taken down and tossed into the water. Tens of thousands of people took part in further anti-racism protests across Britain today with the statue of a 17th century slave trader pulled down in Bristol. The monument to Edward Colston, which had stood in the city centre for more than a century, was toppled and pushed into the river. 300 years after his death, Edward Colston's fall from grace. And just like that, in a matter of hours, 
protesters managed to achieve what decades of campaigns and petitions could not do. It was a global chain reaction. What happened in Minneapolis sparked what happened here in Bristol, which prompted statutes of slavers to be pulled down from plinths all over the world. And then back in the USA, Reverend Al Sharpton, speaking at George Floyd's funeral, tipped his hat to the Colston Topplers. Floyd could have been anybody. But then the reaction was not anything. And that's why when I heard them talking about, they never thought they'd see young whites marching like they marching now. All over the world, I've seen grandchildren of slave masters tearing down slave master statue over in England and put it in the river. I'll pour out my spirit among all flesh. I've seen whites walking past curfews saying no black lives matter, no justice, no peace. I'll pour out my spirit among all flesh. But that wasn't the end of the story. Despite the large crowds involved in Colston's felling, the police sent the cases of just four people to the Crown Prosecution Service to be charged with criminal damage. Sage Willoughby, Rianne Graham, Milo Ponsford and Jake Skews became known collectively as the Colston Four. They all pleaded not guilty to the charges and elected to be tried in front of a judge and jury. The Colston Four, so-called to cheers and chants from their supporters, left court today acquitted of criminal damage. And by a jury which one defence lawyer had urged to be on the right side of history. We just want to say thank you to so many people because we have never been alone in this journey. Never, We've been yes, so yes. supported and we are, you know, we're such a small part of this, really. Uh, like, there were so many people that day, so many people like we reverberating across the world mm. in response to it. We didn't change history, we rectified we history. And this is a victory for Bristol, this is a victory for racial equality, and it's a victory for anyone who wants to be on the right side of history. An act of love. In response to the idea this was an act of violence, it was an act of love. It was an act of empathy, it was an act of reconciliation. Reconciliation, because however much one might respond negatively to Rianne and the other saying, you know, we want to say we are not racist, you can't deny that's what they want to say. So whether that was the right thing to do, whether it was the most profound thing to do, whether it was the most socially, structurally significant thing to do is irrelevant. The point is, that's what their response was amongst all the millions of other things that might be done to this idea that racism in society is not something we want to be a part of. Now, the whole white privilege thing, I think the idea that when people say if they were black, then they would have got put away is absolutely a ridiculous statement. Now, maybe that may be so, but they were not. Now, there's a question. Would black people have led the move to taking it down? Or do they have, under the lack of white privilege, a different feeling towards policing, towards acts of violence, how they're perceived as thugs and criminals, etc.? So maybe a black person wouldn't have led that. 
So the fact it was led by quote unquote white people was is part of the story, legitimate part of the story. So when we come to the notion of allyship, then you can say it's an act of allyship. And if we talk about, yeah, but then it's white privilege, that's exactly right. That's exactly, that's what they're using. So this was a white on white conversation. Real love transcends racial, so-called racial difference. I said I'm an artist, spoken word artist. I'm going to give you a poem. Loneliness is all that we had to begin with. Lone, 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 alone, alone, all oneliness. All we, and that is the royal we, of course. Sorry, did I say we? Or should that be me? Or I? I is a playful tool, that ghoul to fool the one into forgetting the loneliness, so that me and you can play who's who on the earth board. So me and she and he and it collide, take sides, creating boundaries, us and them diversities, where I plays red and I plays blue or black and white. It doesn't matter because I is you too. We know, of course, that I and I make two from one. Indivisible oneness. True? The offensive statue of Edward Colston stood for 125 years, slap bang in the city centre despite the fact that he oversaw the trafficking of 84,000 Africans, 12,000 of those children, 19,000 of those died en route. So where does the conversation go from here? Perhaps now we need to talk about making democratic, locally informed decisions about our public spaces and representations of our heritage. Perhaps we need to understand how the symbolic value of statues can have real, material impacts on racism. And let's hope we can have these conversations without just being derailed by divisive culture wars. I want to leave you with a quote from the closing statement of Liam Walker, the defence barrister for Sage Willoughby. He said, You may be told that you should put emotion aside when assessing this case, that emotion has no role to play in the way you make your decision. But if you found the facts of the slave trade and the racism that endures in this country horrifying, you are entitled to feel horrified, disgusted and revolted. It's the lack of emotion, the death of emotion, that led to people thinking that it was okay to trade in human suffering. Emotion plays a part. Sometimes our feelings are so strong because you feel viscerally what is right and what is wrong. There is a reason you feel the way you do. This trial concerns our very ability to empathise. For anything to change, we must be able to lift ourselves out of categories. Men, women, black and white. We must be able to recognise that we are human beings before anything else. 
This has been An Act of Love, written and presented by Priyanka Raval, produced by Marcus Smith and Tim Henson. <laughs>